Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch with you, hour number two, and it's time to get to our next guest. Before we do that, we got a little way back Wednesday for the first time here on the show. What we gonna do right here is go back. Way Back Wednesday. All right, welcome back. It's Way Back Wednesday here every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Eastern. We go back in time and really forward in time with our next guest because I'm very fortunate at times to be sitting next to Jeff Nelson in the press box. Of course, a multiple World Series champion and one of the great relievers uh, really, when you go back both in fantasy and reality, I mean, you talk about the things that Jeff accomplished, not just with the Seattle Mariners, but also the New York Yankees. He pitched all the way from 1992 to 2006 with a career ERA of 3.41 and played in so many World Series and uh, five of them to be exact. And I want to bring Jeff on to talk about not just his past, but also the series that he's watching right now with the Marlins and the Brewers. Nelly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, Mish. I really appreciate it. Well, uh, Nelly, I, you know, before we go forward, let's kind of go back because this is you know, way back Wednesday. And you know, I know the game has changed so much, and you have an eye for for the bullpen. You have an eye for relievers. And simply when you pitched, there really there were no sort of uh, handcuffs on pitchers and you threw 80 innings 60 innings 78 innings 74 innings 78 innings and I'm wondering from your perspective because we pay so much attention to who is getting saves that do you think that we're just entering a new era of like two three years from now the closer is gone and it's just simply put all matchups moving forward how do you see that playing out I hope not you know I hope you look around ninth inning guy I think the dominant ninth inning guy is starting to go. You know, it used to be a couple. I'm trying to figure out, okay, who is that dominant ninth inning guy? I mean, you have Hater or uh, Hater here in Milwaukee. I mean, he's pretty dominant, but I think I'd rather have him as a seventh eighth inning guy. I mean, Craig Kimbrell probably will sign this week, and I thought that he was probably one of the most dominant ninth inning guys. Uh, you can't find him around. Uh, very a bunch when Mariano Rivera was the ninth inning guy there used to be quite a few like okay once you got to that ninth inning then it was over I mean with the Kenny Jansen out in LA I mean he's starting to feel I think some effects of throwing quite a bit I thought in the World Series when he when and him to those two and three innings he was just not that type of guy usually ninth inning guys aren't that pitcher that can give you so usually wear out very quickly but it is different how they use the bullpen. You know, I don't I don't know if it's a good way. You, you know, you look at 
Hurricane 2, 110 and 115. Pablo Lopez, for the for the Marlins, he beat the Brewers. He went six innings, had 92 pitches, and he was a young guy. But you know what? It's 16 to nothing. You mean you can't go out there? You're cruising. It wasn't like you were, uh, you know, tired. You're laboring through innings. I mean, you probably could have gone out there for a seventh and not even feel any kind of effects and try to save the bullpen. Um, it is different. I don't know if it's good. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't like how the bullpen is used. I don't like how the starters have the 100 pitches. All of a sudden, they're looking up at the scoreboard and saying, okay, I'm going to pile it down now because I'm reaching that 90, 100 pitch mark. So it's, 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 I don't know if it's good for the game or if it's bad for the game. Nelly, by the way, you're breaking up a little bit. You may want to get, I know you're probably in a hotel room, maybe want to get near a, a window or something like that. Yeah, but over... I am. I am in it. Okay. <laughs> We're talking to Jeff Nelson. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Nelson, an all-star in 2001 with the Seattle Mariners and uh, the multiple World Series champions, of course, with the New York Yankees. And, and, and Nelly, in the, in the game that you played when you played it, I mean, you played probably in maybe the most dynastic era that we've seen in baseball over the last 20, 30 years with those Yankees of 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. And I'm I'm just kind of wondering if you could take us you know, back in time a little bit, what it must have been like to pitch on those teams that not only did you have great teams, but the organization uh, run by George Steinbrenner was always willing to just spend as much money as possible to get it done. We, we're seeing a completely different day now, Nelly, where free agents have to wait until February to sign. Uh, when George Steinbrenner was running the Yankees, that would never happen. The free agency would open. And at midnight, this guy would be spending hundreds of millions of dollars for whatever he did. So what was it like playing on those teams? Right. You know, now with the draft compensation, and, you know, once you start giving a buying offer, maybe that'll change once they hopefully the, uh, the next click of agreement, they'll get rid of that. And that way, maybe free agents won't last as long like Keiko and Kimbrell have to say. Uh, you know, first time wasn't worried about. Uh, he wanted a free agent. If he wanted a guy, he was going to go out and get him. You know, and a lot of the times you have to accept the Yankees, and he said, okay, I want to go, and I want to acquire that guy. Well, for one, he probably could help us, and another, I'm tired of seeing him uh, pit well or hit well against us. Uh, that was one of the things when Tino and I got tra- traded over. I always did well against the Yankees. I love pitching in Yankee Stadium. And when they made that trade, you know, I was a little surprised. But, hey, I was going to a first-class organization and once I got there, you realized how first class it was. And you're right. You know, Mr. Strymer did everything he could to try to put a winner on the field. And if it wasn't working out, he, had, he didn't hesitate as far as making a change. Uh, the expectation level as a Yankee was through the roof, especially at old Yankee Stadium. Because of Mr. Strymer had so much influence on the media, and the media I thought was a lot more, I, I guess, not harsh, but a, a little – uh, not as forgiving as they are now, Stadium, and why Mr. Steinman is no longer around. But the pressures—it was great. You know, I love pitching in pressure situations. I've always wanted to be in, in in a tight game, and I wanted to pitch all the time. And I think that spoke for the, the whole entire team during that era—that everybody wanted to be in a situation that they could come through in, whether it was bases loaded, hey, you got. Or, or Tim Raines, or, you know, you had Andy Pettit on the mat. It was just a fun team to come to the park and know that, you know, once you cross the lines, you felt like, hey, you were going to win every single game. And in 98, we won 125 games, so we almost did win every single game. Yeah, and 98 was arguably one of the best teams of all time. You also played on, uh, Nelly, the 2001 
uh, Seattle Mariners, and, and they won 116 games. I mean, you were very fortunate to play on some unbelievable teams. Shifting from the Yankees to the Mariners, you had a chance to play uh, not just with Ichiro, a future Hall of Famer, but also had to play with Edgar Martinez and and had a chance to see some of the great players in the game at that time, too. Would you say, would you put up the 2001 Mariners up against some of those Yankee teams? Because you won the most games that you probably ever did with that team, but that was a disappointing ending, of course, to that season. It was, you know, and that's the thing. We didn't finish it off. You know, we had to, in order to become the best, I think you had to finish it off World Series to the Yankees, LCS, and it was very disappointing uh, because I was on the other side, you know, the year before, and I was kind of hoping that for and the first time the Mariners go to win that ring, and they, they just came up short. You know, whether we had the best record or not, it was just the job wasn't finished. In 98, we finished the job. You know, we won 114 during the regular season, and we went on to win the World Series to make it 125. But the Mariners teams, you know, you had great players. You know, I played with Ken Griffey Jr. when we were in the minor leagues together. He went to the big leagues a little bit before I did, and then we were teammates in the major leagues. Best player I've ever played with uh, by far. And then Ichiro comes along in 2001, and, you know, in spring training, uh, there was a lot of hype, and I don't know if he lived up for that, to that hype, and all of a sudden the season kicked in and everybody realized, oh, this is going to be something special. It didn't so great. He didn't he wanted language. We wanted to learn his language, uh, and he was a good teammate. Edgar Martinez finally getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I faced him, gave up a couple homers against him, and I was also a team, probably the best candidate hitters I've ever seen. Uh, Jeff Nelson is with us, and uh, Nelly, of course, now uh, broadcasts for the Yes Network and from Fox Sports Florida. And so, uh, Nelly, let's move on to that here for a minute, from the past to the present, where you had an opportunity to see something that you've never seen last night, I'm guessing in your career. Eleven runs the Marlins scored in the fifth inning, and you've been covering and watching them all season long. And now all of a sudden, they seem to be turning a corner a little bit here. They're playing like a, 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 you know, especially offensively, a team like a house on fire, scoring all of these runs. What do you think has been the key to the turnaround here for them on offense? Well, it's, a definitely, it's definitely a lot more fun to talk about than uh, maybe about a month ago. <laughs> yeah. when we're playing like this. You're like, oh, no, you know, when's the season going to end? But, you know, it's interesting because you bring up the 114 and the 116, and, yes, the teams were different. And, you know, as far as the mentality, you have to learn how to expect to win. You know, you just don't show up. This is a very young team. You have a few veterans on on team that maybe have been in some play on some playoff teams in the World Series. But you have to learn how to expect to win. You know, you have to go through the – the rigors of, hey, you know what? When we get to the field, you're not just happy to be in the big leagues. You, you want to spec- – once you step between the lines, is hey, we want to beat this other team, and we want to show that we're capable of And I think in the beginning of the year, when they were, what, 20 games, 500 in Marlins were I, – I think just going through the low, I think they were going – they didn't know how to expect to win. They didn't know, okay, once we went lines, uh, what do we do to try to beat the other team? And uh, I think the pressure has got to- – I, I just think it took a little bit for everything to click. And now with these last, what, five series, they've won what, six or four out of four out of five, they've, uh, you can see the attitude change. You can see that, hey, you know what? We can compete with teams. You know, yeah, they beat the Mets. You beat the Tigers. They're not a great team. 
Uh, you win two out of three from the Giants, who are not a great team. And the Padres, you know, I didn't see where they were all that special either when I when I was watching them. Uh, but the Brewers is a good challenge for them. They are a very good hitting team. Obviously, they play really well at home. Uh, first in the National League at home, or they also can steal some bases. You can see that they really need pitching if they're going to try to compete in the Central. But the Marlins held their own. I mean, obviously scoring 16 runs and 11 in that fifth inning. But you can see the attitude that they, you know what, we're, we're starting to learn how to win. We're starting to learn how to expect to win. You know what, we got to have some pride in ourselves. Yes, it's okay to be here in 2000. It's still a, a, it's an audition when you're starting to build towards the future. But I think you can see an attitude change. They've always had good pitching. I think they pitched well this year. And now they're starting to put that together. Uh, we're joined by Jeff Nelson, former big league pitcher, of course, broadcaster for Fox Sports Florida. And, uh, Nelly, if you don't mind, uh, I know that you've been spending some time this year uh, also on the Yes Network. And what's that experience been like for you, you know, being back in the place where you're calling games for pinstripes, too? I just hope that's not keeping you too busy, is it? <laughs> I want to the game. But it's, it was it's exciting. I've been John Filippelli, the part of the Yes Network, and be a shock with the TV. And finally, I said, okay, I've had enough. I'm going and, and I, I was like, I told you I could do this thing. And, and I did well, and I'm glad. And I got uh, to do two games in Arizona, and I'll, I'll do a few more this year before next season because he had no idea that he was going to use me. And and uh, now that he's going to use me, there'll be a lot more he can fit in the schedule next year. I can be a part of it, but it's just, okay, whenever he can fit me in. But it's exciting. You know, I played there for six years, and we went to the World Series five of those six years. A lot of the same clubhouse, clubhouse uh, crew are still there. And once you're a player, uh, you know, I'd never really – I was good with the meeting because I always stood my – you know, I said, okay, if it's bad, I'm going to sit here and take my medicine – knew who wrote well and, and if you wanted to uh, you know, let you know how bad you did that night. But now it's different. They're all your friends. They all want to come up to you and talk to you. So that's always exciting. It was back. I mean, obviously an organization that I played and had a lot of success with. And, uh, you know, it was exciting. And I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity. Well, Nelly, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Have a good broadcast tonight. I'll see you back in South Florida this weekend. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Jeff Nelson joining us here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network on our Way Back Wednesday segment. If you want to dial us up here on the show, you can hit us up very easily, 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. That's the best way to get us. Each Wednesday, what we'll do is we'll go back in time, and we will talk to some of the different people who have participated in both reality and fantasy, and we'll kind of uh, go through that a little bit. Well, our next segment coming up, is our uh, You Make the Call segment where you had an opportunity to vote on what you wanted to hear me basically talk about coming up at uh, 122 Eastern. So, uh, Chris, what's up? dare buddy? I ask you? Okay, dare I ask you how the people have voted, how the people have chosen here at this point? I got brain. I'm uh, just looking for it right here. I got to scroll back down here on uh, our tweet deck. Ba-ba-bum. Tonight's baseball slate looks like it's the winner. It looks like it is going to be the winner. And why am I having such an issue here? 81%. Hey, That's average. Here we go. Here we go. 80% want tonight's baseball slate. 
All right, so good. So that's what we'll do coming up in the next segment. We'll go through each game and give you the totals and the Vegas lines, and we'll walk, we'll walk through that. Uh, uh, favorite Netflix show did not get many votes, only 13% of the vote. Uh, Chris's napping habits only got 6% of the vote. So we've we've saved another segment here on the show with that, and so that's what we will end up doing. Also coming up a little bit later, in case you missed it yesterday on the show, we had Yankees uh, relief pitcher Tommy Canley on. And we'll play back a little bit of that interview as well. Don't forget, as soon as the show is over, you can always access our programs 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the FantasySportsNetwork.com site. Also, AudioBoom.com. And, of course, on the app that if, you, if you're listening now, you already have it. But if you don't have it and you're just listening on the site, make sure you download that because we play all of our shows back on demand for you. Uh, in addition to that, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish throughout the fantasy sports season as we'll go through uh, team by team, player by player, one by one, all the way through really up until the fall. And then we'll get our uh, fantasy football feet wet when the fall comes as well. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Craig Mish, and coming up next, it's time for our You Make the Call segment, which turns out to be the Major League Baseball slate for tonight, wouldn't you know? Also, coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern, it's full-time fantasy. Don't go away. Last season, they finished 4-12. and 12. Jets are going over. I am buying the Jets wow. all day, every day. The division stinks. The Bills, they're better that's than last team. year. Yeah, that's my team, but I'm hard on my team. I'm a, I'm a tough critic. I'm not like these other Bills fans. They're just way, way too positive about the Optimistic, Bills. yeah. Yeah, they're not realistic. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Jets, though, going over. They do put people through tables. I like Adam Gates, man. Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream. Attention all authors. Page Publishing is looking for authors. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Page Publishing will get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, Apple iTunes, and other outlets. They handle all aspects of the publishing process for you. Printing, cover art, publicity, copyright, and editing. Call 800-292-8137 now for your free author submission kit. That's 800-292-8137 for your free author submission kit. Again, that's 800-292-8137. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 961 
Watch live on the FNTSY YouTube stream and download the podcast on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish here with you on the show. Thanks again to Jeff Nelson for coming on the program. Tomorrow on the show, Brad Ziegler will be on. And he and I will knock out about 40 minutes of the show, including our three-up, three-down segment. And uh, hopefully you guys can join us for that program. If you're listening on demand, then you can listen to our show 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the FNTSY Sports Radio app. Also, you can call up the show 844-843-6879. I did make the mistake earlier of posting the wrong number on Twitter. And uh, it is true. When you call the number, I tried during the break. When you call the number, it asks for your social security number. So a bad job by me. Ignore the number that I posted on Twitter. Bad job by me. One of many mistakes that I'll end up probably uh, making on this show. So just bear with me on this. We'll, we'll, we will get this uh, through together. 2 o'clock Eastern, full-time fantasy will be along here on the program Okay, so uh, you guys voted for today's slate, so let's kind of dive into that here a little bit. First of all, in the top of the second inning, we have one game underway, uh, White Sox and Washington Nationals, and there's no score in that game. It's uh, Anibal Sanchez and Dylan Covey on the mound in that one. 340 Eastern, Dodgers and Diamondbacks, Kenta Maeda and John Duplantier, Duplantier, I saw in the Futures game a couple of years ago, nice young starter for Arizona and has already picked up a win. Maeda is a minus 160 favorite, and the total is 9.5 in that game. 340 Eastern, Jake Arrieta, 5 up, 5 down, and his ERA is 3.96. He will throw up against Cal Quantrill, who's 1-2 and two with a 5 one four earned run average. The Padres are 31-30 and 30 this season in Philadelphia. Is 34 and 27. As we mentioned, Andrew McCutcheon out for the season. Jay Bruce is now uh, the, the focal point in a little bit here of the offense, at least secondary focal point outside of JT Real Muto and Gene Segura and Bryce Harper. Now they have Jay Bruce added to that mix. 705 Eastern. Pirates will take on the Braves. Joe Musgrove against Kevin Gossman. Two pitchers that I think most people always want to kind of dial in on sleepers, and neither of them have really produced that this season. Uh, Gossman, ZRA in particular, 5.56, really brutal. Uh, Musgrove, I, I think there's still some hope for him. The Pirates are a 500 team, basically. For some reason, they're playing better on the road than they are at home, and therefore Atlanta is minus 130 tonight, and the total is 9.5. Yankees and Blue Jays. The Blue Jays picked up a win last night against the Bombers, but the Yankees are minus 195 tonight. We get to see James Paxton back on the mound. 3-2 and two with a 2.81 run average. Trent Thornton throws for Toronto. He's 1-4 and four with a 4.53. Twins tonight uh, have Martin Perez on the bump against Carlos Carrasco, who is not having the season that most people thought that he would have. Carrasco's ERA is 4.98. He's 4-6 and six on the year. Perez 7-2 with a 3.71. Cleveland, by the way, 30 up and 30 down on the year. Who would have thought that at the beginning of the season? I gave you two teams with records, 40 and 19, 30 and 30. It's the Twins that are 40 and 19 on the season. The Twins are just uh, 30 and 30. Cleveland is a, a small home favorite tonight, minus 125, and the total is 8.5. 7-10 Eastern Giants and Mets. 
Tyler Beatty and Jason Vargas. Not the sexiest pitching matchup in the world, but needless to say, Beatty's ERA is 7.82. Vargas's ERA is 4.46. The Mets are on the money line, minus 135, and the total is 8.5. Rays and Tigers, Charlie Morton still undefeated, 6-0 with a 2.54 earned run average. He faces uh, rookie Spencer Turnbull, who's have been very good for them this year, 3-4 and four with a 2.84 earned run average. And when you consider having Boyd, and having Turnbull, and having potentially Casey Mize in this rotation next year, I, there are some decent things for the Tigers to be excited about. But not this year. They're uh, they're they're a huge underdog today at home. Uh, minus one ninety, Tampa Bay is, and the total is nine in this one. Uh, John Means and Mike Miners are the Mike Miners a start tonight. Orioles and Rangers twenty two runs scored in that game last night. And Texas has the best record in all of baseball at home. They're 20 and 10 on the season. The Orioles, after a decent April, have fallen apart. They're 19 and 41 on the year. Means is someone that I own in a fantasy league, believe it or not, this year. He's been pretty viable. Five and four with a 2.80. Mike Miner, an excellent year for him so far. Five and four with a 2.74. The only question is, is if Texas falls out of it, would Miner be a trade candidate in July? Rockies and Cubs. This is Herman and Varquez. The Cubs are a slight favorite at home, minus 115. The total is seven. Darvish, two and three with a 5.02 earned run average. And Marquez, six and two with a 3.48 earned run average. We'll see how this one goes tonight. The Rockies have not played well at all on the road this year, 13 and 16, while the Cubs have the same record as uh, Texas does at home, 20 and 10. So they're tied for the best record at home in the big leagues. Red Sox and Royals tonight. We were kind of done doing the whole show me game for uh, Chris Sale because at this point you're just praying for a win if you can. The Red Sox uh, uh, starter ace one and seven with a 4.35 run average. Of course, he's had some bad luck. But you know, clearly, getting two wins from him at any point would be a nice thing to have. Jacob Junis starts for Kansas City. He's four and five with a five point three five. But Boston has just not been a good betting team all year. Although they are minus two forty on the money line tonight, and the total is eight and a half in that game. Reds and Cardinals tonight. Uh, speaking of the slate, Anthony DiSclafani two and three with a four point nine seven. Dakota Hudson for St. Louis four and three with a three point nine four. The Cardinals are minus 140 on the money line. The total is 9.5. Cam Bedrosian will open up another game tonight for the Angels against Daniel Menken. Bedrosian 2-3 and three with a 2.96. He throws an inning or two and then is done. Menken 1-1 one one with a 3.05 uh, earned run average. The Angels are minus 108, and the total is 9 in this game tonight. The Angels are under 500, and the A's are exactly 500. And then the final game on the slate tonight... Astros and Mariners, Brad Peacock and Mike Leak. Leak four and six with a four point seven one earned run average. Peacock has been a nice a nice uh, addition back to their rotation this year for Houston. And the uh, the Houston Astros are minus one sixty, and the total is nine in that game. And that indeed, folks, is tonight's Major League Baseball slate. And for those of you who are playing in DFS, make sure you head on over to DailyRoto.com. Get involved in the daily action. If you're interested in the day slate or the night night slate, Drew Dinkmeyer and his team, uh, Ricky Sanders, and all the great people they have working over there do a phenomenal job. I would encourage you to 
get signed up with them, sign up for a subscription, and uh, help you make some money. Uh, yesterday, speaking of, uh, of guests on the show, and we're going to do that every day here on the program, yesterday on the show we had a chance to catch up with uh, Yankees reliever Tommy Canely, who is not only an adept baseball player, but also a great fantasy football player. And we had a chance to speak to him yesterday about not just baseball, but also his fantasy football acumen. Give me like a start date for you when you know that you have to either pop online or uh, in the old days we would get a magazine, maybe you know still do that. I'm not yeah, sure, right. but when does that start? <laughs> uh, for me, to be honest, I actually did a mock draft a few weeks ago. I'm not going to oh, lie. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, so what, what, what the guys thought I was crazy. No. Well, all right. So let, let's let's get into that a little bit. So what pick did you have? Do you remember in the mock what pick you had? Uh, I think it was like eight or nine. Okay. And 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 who did you end up taking with your first pick? Um, who did I go with? I want to say it was DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Well, I mean, look, you can't go wrong with him. A hundred catches. No, and definitely can't go wrong. A good, a good. You know, there was some news. Let me ask you this: There was some news that came out today from uh, from I, I believe it was may have been Ian Rappaport or NFL dot com about how Todd Gurley is uh, forcing himself to lose some weight because there is some concern that there's something wrong with that knee. It would, would you be comfortable taking Todd Gurley in a first round or even maybe at this point second round scenario, or are you, or are you scared off? Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think I'm scared off this year. I had him last year, and uh, the you know his touches down the end of the, the, end of the run there really kind of messed up my uh, playoff push in one of my leagues. So uh, it, it's tough, especially with that kind of injury, you know, him being a running back. It's For me, I think I'm going to be shied away from him this year. Okay. Well, any any running back tips that you could give early on? I mean, I, I think the obvious ones are, are known, but you have kids who were just drafted in the NFL draft, like Montgomery and yeah. and Snell and some other running backs. Um, are you like a two-running back uh, quick guy, or do, would you go like wide receiver running back early on? How do you kind of go through that? Yeah, I think it's more just the value that's there. I, I like to try to take the top value that's around. But if uh, there are some, some kids that just got drafted up pretty uh, pretty high on. I mean, obviously, being an Eagles fan, I really like the Sanders kid, but uh-huh. I don't know how much how much burn he's going to get with Jordan Howard there as the, the lead bull. But uh, I do like how you uh, brought up Montgomery. I've been high on him since he was at Iowa State. That was the voice of Yankees relief pitcher Tommy Canely. And, and, you know, it's an interesting dynamic as it pertains. We talked a little bit about this yesterday, and I, and I can't, you know, kind of send it home enough that so many people play fantasy sports that you would be surprised in. Um, and, and it's like the two, the two things that kind of surprised me the most as far as people that play is in Major League Baseball – I mean, I don't know if I'd put I'd put it at fifty percent, but I feel like close to fifty percent of the guys are playing some sort of season long fantasy baseball, uh, fantasy foot, not baseball, fantasy football league. I feel like like fifty percent feels like a decent number. Now, again, it it could vary from team to team, and I know on a team like the St. Louis Cardinals, as an example, their number is going to be a lot higher than that. And the other thing that I've noticed that through the years is a lot of the professional wrestlers, and, and yes, uh, professional wrestlers, meaning the guys that you see on TV, WWE and extreme wrestling and all of those, 
th- those guys play a lot of fantasy baseball. And some of them are like huge fans, like really supremely into it. And one of those guys, for example, Tommy Dreamer, I used to host with, a very big fantasy guy. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's because they they kind of live and, and play a fantasy to a degree that they get into it as supremely as they do. I, I can't really figure out the dynamic for that. But in all of sports, and I think just in all of life, that's something that has brought us together, is the idea that we still can compete and do things although not at the highest level of playing in sports. We all kind of grow up and expect to participate in sports. Gambling doesn't do that. Gambling is just kind of, as big as it is, it's a, is a usually a one-game proposition for most people. Like, it's a three-hour entertainment, you bet, and you're done. But for people who play in season-long fantasy sports, there's some serious commitment that goes to that. And I understand that not everybody can do that. And, and and hosting and, and doing shows as long as I have that focuses on that, it tells you the kind of commitment that I have to have for this. Because not every league is the same. So many people are playing in these different kind of leagues that they have to you know, kind of adjust to. And it shows you that there is, there is just a, the level of commitment is beyond anything else in sports when you're talking about playing games and playing uh, a sport like fantasy baseball every day, having to check the lineups, having to move guys in and out. And you'd be surprised. You would be surprised the kind of athletes and the people that are uh, participating in that, that's for sure. Uh, Also, as promised here on the show, I want to dive into a little bit of the waiver wire. And for those of you who are looking at players to pick up potentially, Let's talk about some players who were uh, hurt. We'll uh, we'll start here. We'll pick it up uh, when we come back after the break. I uh, want to start off with the San Diego Padres. Franchi Cordero homered again in another rehab assignment game last night. Last year, I went into the season thinking that Franchi Cordero was like a 20-home run, 20-steal guy. And he got hurt, of course. Didn't play the whole year, of course. And, and I think that him getting hurt, of course wasn't really that huge of a shock because he's been an injury-prone player over the last couple of years. I don't know necessarily where the Padres are going to be able to play him, but when he comes off the injured list, San Diego has a chance to, at the very least, make him, I think, the fourth outfielder. And after the start that he got off to last year, 2018, I would think that he'll have an opportunity to play some. Now, how many days a week is that? I'm not sure. But he's probably sitting out there on the waiver wire in your league. My guess is you should claim him. Throw him on your bench. Throw him on your on your injured list spot, and then you can decide what uh, what the team does, and then you can make your decision based on what you want to do with him at that point. Another player who I invested in at the beginning of the season in uh, in Tout Wars, the NL league that I play in, Corey Dickerson, according to several reports, including the Post Gazette, Dickerson is getting closer to a return for the Pirates. They'll have to make a decision by adding him back to the 25-man roster because Reynolds has been great for them. Starling Marte is there, and so is Gregory Polanco. There literally is nowhere to play Corey Dickerson. But if you remember, the guy hit like 17 home runs in the first half of the season last year. When he comes back and he is healthy, I think there's a chance that he's going to find his way to some playing time again. Make sure that if Corey Dickerson is unowned in your league, you make sure that you take that leap and make sure that you pick him up. Aledmus Diaz. 
Diaz of the Houston Astros. Boy, did I have a huge whiff two years ago on Aledmus Diaz. Oof. But uh, from St. Louis to Toronto and now to Houston, he's done a really good job as a fill-in player. Remember, the Astros have a ton of injuries. So if he's able to come back, let's say, in 10 days or so, it may not be worth the stash. And if, uh, it may be worth the stash in a 15-team league. Grab him, put him on the IL. Maybe he comes back and gets an opportunity to play. Remember, he's kind of filling the old Marwin Gonzalez role that Houston has. And Yulieski Gurriel has not had a great season. Diaz could find his way into some more playing time as the season rolls on. And then finally, one more that I wanted to get to is Denelson Lamette, again, a uh, pitcher on the San Diego Padres. Lamette missed basically all of last season, and he's coming off Tommy John. He made a rehab start last night. He could be available in a deeper league of yours. He would fit right back into that San Diego rotation. And again, as we talked about earlier in the show, with the way that Chris Paddock has gone over his last couple starts and the fact that they have an in- they have a innings limit on him, there's a chance that Lamette could just simply slide into Paddock's rotation spot later on in the year if they decide to shut him down. I know that's not what anybody wants to hear, but that's the truth. Can't see Paddock throwing 180 innings in 2019. We'll take a quick timeout. We've got our exit velocity segment. We'll send it over to full-time fantasy coming up at the top of the hour. Dr. Roto, Adam Ronas are standing by. Don't go away. your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. morning after you know what somebody offered me front row tickets man right behind home play the yankee stadium but yeah i want to sit in the bleachers man i don't like that net yeah the netting is brutal yeah, I, don't, I don't like that netting i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna sit behind i'm home with play. you absolutely not yeah. yeah i'm not sitting there i'm I, I prefer to go sit in the cheap seats because i don't like the net in front of me Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Searching for an outdoor oasis but don't have time to catch a flight? Join us in the heart of Midtown at Versa, packed with good vibes, great views, and service unmatched. Fully stocked with five bars throughout the venue. Aside from our stellar dining menu, Tuesday through Friday, our culinary team has curated a delectable rotation of food activations to be featured on our patio from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Join us for nonstop fun on one of New York City's largest patios as rooftop season is finally upon us. Located at 215 West 35th Street, New York, New York. Official partners of the New York Knicks and the New York Rangers. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called thebestdate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at thebestdate100.com. That's thebestdate100.com. One more time, thebestdate100.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. 
Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day. 10 an hour. One person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621. 866-484-9621. That's 866-484-9621. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID, and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept, where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's pointsbet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you. 143 on the East Coast. And I'm going to take you up until 2 o'clock Eastern and then turn it over to my good friends, Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis, as they get you ready for uh, fantasy baseball. Fantasy football season, I know, is coming pretty fast. And there are some of you who need to start getting ready on uh, June 5th for your fantasy football season. Let's see. So that's June 5th. July, August, September. I think that's, uh, let's see, that's uh, over three months away. So for those of you who are playing in redraft leagues, I I, uh, I, I tend to wait as we get a little bit closer. I don't even do any drafts until uh, August. But for those of you who are playing in, in best ball leagues, I suppose that that's, uh, that's, that's kind of the way to go. But look, every, every, every fantasy player has a right to enjoy and play whatever they want. I've never tried to lead the discussion of don't do this or don't do that. It's just I like to kind of play the hits as to what's going on right now. The good news is is for me tonight, I'll be locked into uh, more Major League Baseball, and I'll do that for the next couple of days. And then on Friday night, I'll be back at the ballpark covering the Miami Marlins-Atlanta Braves game. And we'll see if we can compile some stuff for Chris and I and then bring that back for next week's show. I can't believe that we're actually through uh, almost halfway through the first week of this new show. I, I it's, it's kind of just gone by fast. Like, all of a sudden, here we are, and, and we're already three days into this. And as I mentioned, tomorrow, Brad Ziegler will be on the show. And he and I will talk for 45 minutes or an hour just about everything that's going on in the world of baseball and fantasy. And I've told you before that he's a huge fantasy football fan as well. So we will we will uh, have that discussion. There's one other element to this that I wanted to bring up just as a secondary possibility for those of you who are interested in the, the long-form kind of interviews. Now, uh, there is a another separate podcast that I do that I just wanted to give a like brief shout-out to. And that, of course, is my Swings and Mishes podcast, which you can follow me on Twitter for that or go to at Swings and Mishes. Make sure you do that because if you're interested in just hearing about uh, you know, baseball, the Marlins, 
I think we have a really good time doing that podcast. We usually just kind of go through the league, go through the Marlins a little bit. If you're interested, give it a give it a ring, give it a uh, a like, give it a subscribe. And if not, then you know I'll cover the entire major leagues here on this show. By the way, if you're serious about fantasy football, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. And Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long, betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY, the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package at rotoexperts.com. Before we get to our exit velocity, which is coming up here in a little bit, just wanted to run through some quick numbers here before the end of the show that I, I kind of found interesting. You know, things that I see that I don't know that everyone has paid attention to. Has anybody been paying attention to Hunter Renfro of the San Diego Padres? Renfro, like many other players, has 17 home runs this season. He doesn't have a lot of runs driven, and the Padres aren't really getting on base. But uh, the three, his OBP is horrible, 301. 250 batting average, three stolen bases, 17 home runs for Hunter Renfro. If I didn't mention that to you, would you have known that this is the season that he's having? Like, I think that most people know that Derek Dietrich has 17 home runs because every time he gets up to the plate, he hits one. He's got 35 hits on the season and 17 hits. Like, that's the kind of ratio that you've never seen in the history of the game. And plus, his has been on TV a lot and on social media, so I get that. I don't know that anybody would have thought that. In addition, uh, Renfro's outfield mate, Fran Mil Reyes, who has gotten some love. Fran Mil Reyes has 19 home runs on the season. 19 home runs, 31 runs driven in also. Like, the Padres just don't know how to get on base. And so Reyes only has 31 runs driven in. Renfro only has 33 runs driven in. Maybe getting Fernando Tatis Jr. back is the answer to that. But... For those of you who follow me, you've probably followed closely. Sometimes I, t- I kind of like to take, it to take a look at the stats and say, the, uh, did you know that this was even happening this year? And that definitely falls within that category for sure. Earlier in the program, if you're listening to the entire two-hour show on demand, then you knew that I mentioned Renato Nunez. He has 15 home runs. So by now that you, you, you kind of got that one and you understand that that is the deal. Uh, Jorge Soler has 15 home runs. 239 batting average, 74 strikeouts in 226 at-bats for Soler. The funny thing is with so many home runs being hit this year, it's almost impossible to value double-digit home runs with an OBP below 300. It's pretty weak. Like it, it's, it's just the days of looking at a player at the All-Star break and saying, wow, this guy had 20 home runs. When we go to the All-Star break this year, the amount of players that will be on pace for 40 home runs is probably going to be somewhere in the 40 range. There is a chance that between 30 and 40 players will be on pace for 40 home runs this year. It's just insane. I mean, I, I can't believe the amount of people, the amount of players that are going to have 35 Home runs. That's just crazy. Um, 
let me get to our last piece of information, which is all about rookies in a little segment that we call, which is called Exit Velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit Velocity. Nice Velocity. All right, welcome back. It's our Exit Velocity segment here on the show. And this is kind of like what we like to end every day with, uh, Exit Velocity. So what does it mean? These are things that we kind of like hot take topical here. So I wanted to spend a few minutes just talking about rookies and rookies in general in fantasy and fantasy baseball. Here's kind of how I view this. I would say that I'm tired of people just throwing wet blankets on rookies in fantasy. And what does that mean by that? I don't know what Austin Riley's going to do at the end of the year. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know what his numbers are going to look like. I don't know what Peter Alonzo's numbers are going to look like at the end of the year. I, I know he has 20 home runs right now. We're trying to help you win fantasy leagues, but at the same time, isn't there something to be said for being excited about a player that you took a shot on at the beginning of the season and he's coming through for you? Like, have we seen the level of frustration from any player being sent back to the minors like we saw with Keston Pura yesterday on Milwaukee? And, and that's a fun part of doing what we do here is we try to make projections and we try to get it right. And even though the sample size is probably small on a lot of these players, if you invested any kind of draft pick or fab budget back in April and that guy gets called up in May or June and he ends up producing for you, I mean, who am I to say that you shouldn't be enjoying the moment? And who am I to say that you shouldn't be jumping up and down and excited about that? In fact, I would say on social media, of the fantasy questions that I've been asked, I would say at least half of them pertain to rookies and call-ups in Major League Baseball. I'll give you an example on Twitter, at Craig Mish. Somebody about 10 minutes ago, and I get this question every single day. And I guess it should be an honor because of how dialed in I am with the Miami Marlins. Yeah, that's true. But every day I'm being asked about Zach Gallen with the Marlins, right? Like, when's he going to come up? Isn't he past it? Like, he struck out 11 guys last night. What's the deal? And I think part of that is because of my knowledge of the franchise here. But part of it is that we're always so enamored with rookies. And, and who am I to say that Brandon Lau hasn't worked out for you this year? 11 home runs, 3 steals, 330 on base. Peter Alonso, 20 home runs. 267, 34 on base. Fernando Tatis Jr. was playing well. Vlad Jr. has six home runs in just 32 games. What does that amount to the rest of the season? About 20 home runs. Not bad. Fine. Victor Robles has nine steals. He's on pace for probably 25 or 30. Yeah, maybe he's a little bit worse than what you thought, but he's got nine home runs. <laughs> Victor Robles is going to be a 20-20 guy at the end of the year. Brian Reynolds of Pittsburgh... 40% on base, five home runs, 17 runs driven in. I've said this a lot through the years, that rookies are coming up and they are way more prepared than they ever have been. 
And so as fantasy players, we're more prepared than we ever have been on these guys. And I give you permission to get excited about a player that you took. Nick Senzel, four home runs. Yeah, that ain't great. Five steals, 264 with a 320 on base. All I'm saying is this, is that you take the time to prepare. You take the time to do a draft, and in the back end of your draft, you end up getting one of these guys. I, I think it's okay to jump up and down a little bit and celebrate when they uh, when they end up doing well. And that's kind of the way that I see it with, uh, with some of these guys. The only issue that I've had with rookies in the past, and the one thing that I just can't figure out, is the pitchers in uh, in fantasy that come out there. The pitchers, like... Like, Chris Paddock was just, like, setting the world on fire at the beginning of the year, right? Like, we're all, you know, super excited about him. And now, look at the last couple of starts. All of a sudden, the worry is there. On the season, he's 2.97. There isn't a pitcher, I think, outside of him and Michael Soroka that you want to you wanna do anything except for, I guess, stream. The best fantasy starting rookies this season are Paddock, Soroka, and I would probably throw Turnbill in the mix from Detroit. 66 innings, 64 strikeouts. But beyond that, even though Miami has a bunch of rookies who have pitched well, um, yeah, it, it's it's always kind of tough sledding as it pertains to these kids because you never know when they're going to be on innings limits. And you never know what, what you see in the first half just doesn't repeat itself in the second half. And by the way, this is no indictment on the player. It's just as rookies, you just truly don't know. So the moral of my story here is always this as it pertains to young players. You take them at the end, you stash them, and you keep them available for when you need them. And if it works out, great. And if not, you really didn't invest too much here. And that's kind of the way that I like to do it, and hopefully it pays off. I, I Right now, I own... Key Brian Hayes of Pittsburgh. He has not gotten off to a phenomenal start in the minors, so that could end up being a, a busted pick. Mitch Keller is another one who I invested in at the beginning of the season. Austin Riley, who we talked about earlier. Kevin Biggio I have in one league. And they all don't work out. But the notion that you can't get excited about it, I don't know. For me, I, I, I think that you can. If, if you if you wait all season long for guys to come up off the waiver wire to become fantasy MVPs for your team, it ain't going to happen. The best thing to do is just take these guys late in the draft and then stash them. And that is our exit velocity segment for the day. Real hot stuff there. Real hot take stuff. That's like kind of uh, my my big uh, debate shows or, or uh, my exit velocity. I, I thought it would be a good idea, but then when you realize that in radio and television, you only can be who you can be. Like that's about like that's about the hottest take that I get unless somebody like crosses me in some way and then I'll, I'll start going off. But for the most part, I don't uh, I don't do that. Okay, so as we wrap up the show here, um, Chris Bavona, our producer, this is uh, Chris. I apologize that we haven't really uh, gone to you all that much here in this show. Like, do we, not apologize. I, 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 I'm you, all I feel about like it. you're a firm part of of my show here. But we've been a little busy today with doing a lot of the different segments and, and things that we've done. So my apologies to you for that. So no real hello today. And how's everything going? Everything's going uh, okay today. A little bit uh, smoother than the last couple of days. But um, very happy about that. And, uh, yeah, don't, dude, don't worry about it, man. The busier you get, the less you hear from me. And I think that's better for the listeners. 
Yeah, all right. So here's what we'll do. I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview of tomorrow's show. Uh, Coming up tomorrow here on uh, Fantasy Sports Today, there's going to be a number of things that we're going to get to. Brad Ziegler is going to join us in the first hour of the show, and we'll talk a lot about fantasy baseball, of course, and we will knock everything else uh, out along we go. And, And on Friday, we'll give you a preview of the weekend in fantasy. That should be fun as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing tonight Game three of the NBA Finals. As we kind of get to this point, I like to dive in more. To be honest with you, I'm just so disenfranchised with watching the Golden State Warriors win championships. I'm hoping that Toronto has an opportunity tonight. That'll do it for the show. Coming up next, full-time fantasy, Adam Ronis, Dr. Roto. Don't go anywhere. They're coming up next year. And uh, don't forget, we'll post some of our audio on Twitter, on social media, and I'll be right back here tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. See ya.